Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, the 5th of November, 2020. If you're like me, you found yourself more often than normal this year in 2020, looking up at the heavens, gazing at the sky, and saying, Any time now, Jesus. Right? The Bible makes clear, the New Testament especially makes clear that we are waiting for the return of Christ. He, even you think of Acts chapter 1, when he ascends into heaven, the angels say he's going to come back in the same way. And so we find ourselves looking up at the clouds, anticipating, and probably this year feeling that way more often than not. I've been talking with friends several times over the last week where I'm like, you know, Tonight's a great night for the rapture, and we, we, we anticipate the return of Christ. And I say this somewhat jokingly when the reality is we should be setting our hope constantly on the return of Christ. His appearing is our hope, and we want to make sure our hope is, is fixed on that, not in an escapist way, uh, trying to just avoid any troubles or problems we might be experiencing in life, but in a way that genuinely seeks the return of Christ as really the resolution um, that we know he, when he returns, he will make everything right. But as we think through that, I want us to ask this question today. Why are we still here? Why hasn't Jesus come back yet? And from a couple different passages, I want us to notice a few things today as we consider that question. Why are we still here? And the first comes from Jeremiah chapter 52. Jeremiah chapter 52. Now, this repeats some of what we've already seen earlier in the book of Jeremiah. It tells of the fall of Jerusalem. It tells us again of Zedekiah trying to kind of run away, how he gets caught. His sons are killed in front of him. His eyes are gouged out and he is taken away to Babylon. And now it goes into more detail, even just on how they destroyed the temple. They broke down the walls of Jerusalem. They they take, uh, you know, anything they can find that, you know, they put over the pillars and, and take the bronze off of it. And the people are exiled to Babylon. And when we read about this earlier, in the book of Jeremiah, we compared it even just to thinking back to 9-11 and what an awful day that was for any American to see those towers falling, to see the Pentagon on fire, just everything we experienced on that day and thinking that that even doesn't compare to really how devastating this would have been to the city of Jerusalem and the people of of Judah, the people of Israel, to see the temple destroyed. And so just as we think about why are we still here, one thing that's good to remember is for Christians, the return of Christ is our hope. That is the day that we are longing for. We do have to realize that when Christ does come back, while that is our hope, that will mean a lot of judgment and destruction and wrath on this world. Consider the book of Revelation, which we'll be getting to shortly here as we are reading through the Bible, but consider all the judgment that we see in that book. 
And I know there's various views on eschatology, but I think the best way to understand the Bible is that there is a future day, that there is a tribulation that is coming. And so the return of Christ might mean good things for us as believers and as the church, but it will mean judgment for this world. And that should be something that is a part of our thought process as we wait for the return of Christ. And I think that because it's a part of God's thought process. And now we want to move on to our second passage that really relates to this question, why are we still here, and gives us actually a more direct answer, and that is 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, where it talks about the second coming of the Lord and how people are going to mock, people are going to scoff, and people are going to say, this is never going to happen. Things are just going to keep continuing like they always have. And then he gets to the punchline in verse 8. But I guess before we get to verse 8, look at verse 7 real quick. But by the same word, it's referred back even to the flood, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So for us, the return of Christ is our hope. It will be the day of the redemption of our bodies when, when salvation is, is completed. But for the lost, it is a day of judgment and destruction. And so we get to the answer here in verse 8. Do not overlook this fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So there is the answer. Why hasn't Jesus come back yet? And he's saying the world might say, well, it's because he's slow. He's not going to keep his promises. And Peter's saying, no, he's going to keep his promises. No, he's not slow because a thousand years is but a day to him. But he says the reason he hasn't come back yet is he is patient. This destruction and this judgment that is going to come upon the ungodly in that way on that day God is not in a hurry to do that. God is slow to anger, but abounding in loving kindness. And he wants to see more people get saved. That is why he hasn't come back yet. He wants more people to reach repentance. And verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. He is going to come back. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. He is going to come back. He's not being lazy. He has not forgotten, but he is being patient. And he is waiting for more people to repent before this day of judgment comes. So what does that mean for you and me? Well, again, let us set our hope on the return of Christ. Let us be eager for the day that he will come. Let us cry with, with the ancient church, Maranatha, which it means, come, O Lord. Let that be our prayer. But in the meantime, 
let's remind ourselves why we are still here. We are still here so that more people can repent. How in the world is that going to happen? How are more people going to repent? Well, it's going to require people that are Christians preaching the gospel to people that need to hear it and calling sinners to repent. And that is a good thing for us to remind ourselves, you know, especially now we ask ourselves, why are we still here? Here we are now a couple days after a presidential election, still sifting through the uncertainty. And it seems like it might be an extended and even a legal battle that's going to end up deciding all of this. And in the midst of all that, why are we still here? Because you look at the craziness of the world and you do look up and you say, any time now, Jesus. Well, guess what? Any time he doesn't come back right as you think that, he is waiting for more people to get saved. And he has called us to do that work. We need to be reminded of the great commission that Jesus gave us. Go into all nations and make disciples. And as we consider that, we need to realize that is our job. And no matter what goes on in this election, and as we finally hopefully get to understand what all the results mean, whatever happens, Christians still have a lot of work to do. There may be outcomes that are preferable uh, for us as Christians, but we need to realize no matter what the outcome, none of them are going to accomplish the work of the Great Commission for us. There is still a lot of work for us to do. If Jesus hasn't come back yet, that means our task is not finished. And he is calling us to take the good news of the gospel to the world around us. So this week, we have kind of been talking about the election as we've been going through God's word. That's what's on, I think, a lot of people's minds. That's what's dominating the news. And I think we've been reminded of some important things, especially from the book of Second Peter. One is, hey, we need to be holding on to God's word. And I'm going to encourage you again, make this next season of your life just the most devoted that you have been to digging into God's word. Uh, Let's make sure that the news and social media doesn't take our eyes off God's word. I mean, sure, we might be paying attention to those things, but let's make sure we are paying most attention to what God says. But also, this is a good time for us as Christians to renew our resolve to the great commission that Christ has given to us. It's a good time for us to understand the reason we are still here is because God is waiting for more progress to be made in that great commission before Christ comes back. And may we be renewed in our resolve to obey that commission, to fulfill our part in that commission. These are very, very important things. And also, it's good for us even just remembering that this world, it's going to be destroyed. Judgment is coming. Things that right now seem so huge to us, even something as legitimately important as a presidential election and all the other, you know, the Senate, the House, local, so many things, some of which are still up in the air, as monumental as those may seem and are important, someday we're going to have a bigger perspective, an eternal perspective perspective. And let's put as much of that perspective into our minds now as we can, 
that with the Lord a thousand years is but a day, and a day is but a thousand years, and the rulers of this world, the, the political leaders, they come and they go. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And let's keep our eyes on him, and let's stay focused on our mission. And let's pray that as long as Jesus isn't coming back, that he would use us to bring more sinners to repentance. And there's another good prayer for us to pray in the meantime as we wait for the return of our Savior, and that's going to be found as we wrap up Psalm 119. Yes, yes, it is a sad day. We are wrapping up Psalm 119 with verses 169 to 176, and we see here the, the, pro, the, the cry of this psalmist. As it wraps up, let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. Uh, This is what he longs for. No matter what's going on in the world, God, I want to follow your word. And from the beginning of Psalm 119 to the end, I hope that's something that's caught, been, been standing out to you, that this psalmist clearly has a desire not just to know God's word, but to do it and to follow it. Uh, Look at the second to last verse. There's verse 175. Let my soul live and praise you and let your rules help me. What a great prayer for us in the midst of uncertain times as we wait for the return of Christ. Let us say, God, let my soul live and praise you and let your rules help me. And we know God has answered that prayer. Our, Our souls should live and should praise him. And that takes us to our final passage today, John chapter 7, verse 32 through 39. John 7, 32 through 39. And here we see Jesus, again, there's the confusion and controversy among the crowd, but it finally gets to his last statement there in the chapter in verse 37, when he cries out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the spirit has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And it goes on to make it very clear that river of living water that he's talking about is the Holy Spirit. Well, as we cry out, God, let let my soul live and praise you and and let me keep your rules. Let Let your rules help me. God has given us his spirit. And through his spirit, he has written those rules, written his law on our hearts. And that spirit is pictured here as a river of life, streams of living water flowing out of our heart. And may that be encouraging us to us today too, no matter what's going on in the world around us, we've got God's spirit. We've got a river of life flowing out of our hearts. So let's drink deep of what God has provided for us through his spirit, through his word, through the good news of Jesus Christ. And while we wait for the return of our great and glorious Savior, let us resolve to spread the name of Jesus Christ and to pray that God will use us to bring more sinners into repentance and that Jesus Christ will come back soon. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.